Goonies never say die. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 188 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And if loving Dr. Strange is Wong, then I don't want to be right. Oh! Wow. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. Porn stash. Indeed. Yes, this week we are watching Doctor Strange's. We're watching the made-for-TV 1978. Yeah, 1978. Yeah, 78. I I didn't know it was made-for-TV until we started preparing for the show. Mm. Yeah, made-for-TV 1978 Doctor Strange pilot. And then the 2016 uh, Benedict Bandersnatch's... uh, (laughs) 3D headache of uh, Doctor Strange. And obviously the pilot didn't take. Baldur's Snatch Cumberbun. Yes. I will give an award to the best mispronunciation of his name by the end of the show. If you like unusual awards, then you should check out the Podcast Collective. Did we win an award? (laughs) I hope so. That was the best thing. Before it was that, if you like Bandersnatches... (laughs) so uh on the podcast collective you'll find such shows as no hope for humanity dating baggage i am salt lake the empty rant podcast and of course the rad dad radio hour yes and if you're looking for our older stuff excuse me uh you can find them on uh, itunes blueberry stitcher and talk shoe and now Dun dun dun! We are on a, a site called Podverse.fm. If you had, I posted this online. Podverse is a new uh, podcast uh, conglomerate. Conglomerate? No, wrong name. Uh, place collective? where you find podcasts. Is it a podcast collective? No, it is not. Oh. But the cool thing about this one is, is that if you find a cool, cool segment, like say Patrick has a seizure on the air. You can select just that segment and share it with your friends. Nice. Yeah. So you can do like little snippets of the show and that sort of thing and send them to people. So uh, call out to uh, Mitch, who's actually another Chicagoan who got that one up and running. So it's uh, it is podverse.fm. So check that out. And now Pat, does Podverse. Your... Oh, go oh, ahead. I'm going to say, Pat, that's your cue to have a seizure. Don't, don't do it. You say just, the guy whose whose friend just died of a seizure. Oh shit! <laughs> Does Podverse link directly to the Facebook page or something? Because we we got a lot of new friends on the Facebook page recently. Yeah, it um it does have a uh, connection to it. There are like links and that sort of thing. But um, nice. So welcome people from Podverse. Yes, hello Podverse people. Take us to your leader. Join us. If we say something you don't understand, it's probably a callback. Just keep going back and listening to old episodes until you get it. Yes. <laughs> that's a good that's a good rule of thumb right there. Right? So, yeah. So if you'd like to Enter call the wormhole. Yes. Fall down, go down the wormhole, take a break at Peter Pan, and then go back in. Um <laughs> so give us a chance. Uh call us at seven oh eight now wrap six six nine nine seven two seven. Let us know what you think. If you have any ideas for 
shows that we should do. If you have any ideas of what, uh, like, maybe Joel should do Stone Snagglepuss through the entire show because it's 420 when we're recording. Oh, um, don't do that. Don't no, encourage him. I'm thinking he might just, like, run out of air and pass out. That may That's kind of, like, where I'm going with this. <laughs> We so, do it's, have it's some. It's like a father who makes his kids smoke the entire, you know, carton of cigarettes he mm-hmm. finds. If we make Joel do it all episode, maybe he'll never do it again. I don't want to hear you not talking like a stone snagglepuss. I haven't done it in a long time. Tonight was the first time I did it in a while. Right, and now it's like making me smoke all the cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> like we, you would mind. <laughs> we do have uh, listener feedback uh, over on Twitter at Forty Go Fourteen. Uh, there was a bit of a chatter with uh, longtime listener Randall Holt. Uh, he got confused as to which doctor uh, show we were recording this week, so he wanted to know our favorite companion. Uh-oh. <laughs> so uh, I said that we would address the question, but we probably won't be answering it until the big episode 200, where we will actually be talking about Doctor Who. Yeah, no, I was my thinking... Favorite, my favorite companion in this series is the bald chick. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's my question. Do we want to do... Uh, show 200 and 201 is Doctor Who. Do we want to do a then one show and a now one show? Because there's a lot of stuff. That might that might be a, a pretty good idea. It's not a bad idea. So, so I, I would never say no. Yeah, and if you if you guys have any sort of ideas that you something you may want us to watch, like is there a specific Doctor Who episode, or do you hate Doctor Who and think he sucks? And uh, give us a call. Like I said, 708 now wraps, 708-669-9727. Any blocking of your number after telling us Doctor Who sucks is entirely coincidental. Exactly. Speaking of numbers, we have a voicemail. (laughs) See, if the listeners could hear you being hung up on in the call, now (laughs) would be the time to do it, but click buzz. Uh, yeah, we have a voicemail this week, and it is uh, an important reminder from, uh, from from a listener. It's listed as voicemail strange. I'm not sure if it's that the, that's the topic or just what happens. Yes. It's from Mr. Strange. Excellent. Let's do that then. Or Mr. Mr. Doctor. Yes, Master. Master Yep. Well, thank About... you for that reminder. Yes. I was going to say, if you didn't understand what that was, you probably need to go back to the Tremors episode. I was on the Tremors episode, and I barely understand it. Well, it was the episode after the Tremors episode, actually. Was it? Because it was the voicemail she left after the episode was done. Uh, One of the funny things is uh, what Google thought that was. Uh Oh. Google's translation was, it's me. Answer, will you? What the hell was that? <laughs> That's sound like taking us one step closer to being a morning zoo show. I have I have a soundboard all of a sudden. Oh no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you need to get uh sound so bad after all. You need to get what a fool believes installed on that because <gasps> we haven't heard from <laughs> Oh my god, we haven't heard from them and it's such a long while. Well, that's because I used to be the one who was playing you guys off and my soundboard broke. Oh, that's right. Alright, well, um, is it about that time? It's about that time. It is about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. All right. So this week, our uh, 
week is September 6th, 1978. The first Doctor Strange made-for-TV movie came out on that day. I was a mere six years old. Patrick was, was 43. I was two. Aw. Same just... size head, little body. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly much. what I was thinking. <laughs> he looks like a bobblehead. The top song is Boogie Oogie Oogie by A Taste of Honey, followed by Three Times a Lady by The Commodores. Oh, I like Boogie Oogie Oogie better than Stone Snacklepuss. Well, that'll what? be the only time you hear him for this. So. What's uh, the... <laughs> whoa, whoa, wait, wait. What's wrong with Boogie Oogie Oogie? Nothing. Nothing. I like it better than Stone Snagglepuss. Oh, I'm okay. not sure I like Three Times a Lady better, though. Um, I like Three Times a Lady better than Boogie Yogi Yogi. Really? I yeah. like Stone Snagglepuss singing Boogie Yogi Yogi. <laughs> Once, twice, <laughs> two times a lady. Okay. You guys are fucking. <laughs> what? <laughs> Was that a Trump? <laughs> What was that? <laughs> that was me move. I just moved my chair back a bit. It's all right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Joe Negroni, American rock vocalist from Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, died of a brain hemorrhage at 37. That's funny. Well, that'll bring the party down. No, because one of my favorite drinks is the Negroni. And one of mine is the brain hemorrhage. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> I like Kraft Negroni and cheese. Uh, Keith Moon, drummer of the rock band The Who, died of a prescription drug overdose on September 7th. Surprisingly, not too many people were surprised. Yes, this uh, this is getting grim. Yeah. Quickly. Have you ever had a Negroni, Josh? I have not. I know of it, but I haven't actually had one. They're actually really good. It's a Campari vermouth and gin. Good From stuff. Oh, you lost me at gin. Although I have heard that there are, there's a whole world of gin that is not London Dry Gin. That uh, if you haven't tried it, you need to give it a shot. Mm, that sounds good. Mm, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. I'll have that. <clears throat> and Malacca Gin is pretty good too. Earth, Wind, and Fire has a song named September 1978. Do you remember? So was that song actually released today in '78? No, no, I just thought it was a fun piece of trivia since we're in the month of September 1978. Fair enough. Deja vu. Cisco Adler was born September 6th. He is an American hip-hop producer and rapper. I don't know who that is. Uh, I mean, he's kind of like a... a, Well, I would say like a a poor man's Jermaine Dupree. (laughs) Not that thought. I thought Jermaine Dupree was the poor man's Jermaine Dupree. Well, that's how that's how good Cisco Adler is. Ah, ooh. <laughs> All right. Moving on to movies. Greece is the number one movie in the land, and it also it is also the word. I thought uh, that no, was, I, I am that... not asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping somebody might. No. You mean you haven't heard? <laughs> no, I've heard. Stop it. <laughs> Brian, no! <laughs> I heard what, John? Moving on. <laughs> Wesley Cook, Wes Bentley, was born on September 4th. An American actor I went, who was known... I went to everybody's head. 
God damn it. <laughs> Thank you for giving me time to do a little quick editing. <laughs> Wes Bentley was uh, born on September 4th, an American actor who's known for starring in American Beauty, Ghost Rider, The Hunger Games, in, and Interstellar. He was one of four subjects in the documentary My Big Break, which covered his fame after American Beauty and in his struggles with substance abuse. He began appearing in the series American Horror Story in 2014. <clears throat> yes, he did. I still have yet to see Interstellar. I need to. You really do. I think I've seen it twice now. It's, I it, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it looks yeah. like right up my alley. It's worth seeing once, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, if I had to pick, it's probably my least favorite Christopher Nolan movie, but it's still good. If, yeah. it, if it had a better ending... It would it would probably be in my top three. Nice. I think I kind of agree with that, and I liked it, but I think I liked it, all of the his other stuff better. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> September eighth has the release of Almost Summer, starring the one and only Lee Purcell, known for Kids vs. Monsters and Valley Girl. But even better, since we're recording this on four twenty, on the fifteenth, Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke is released. Now, Joel and I were talking a little bit about this. We were, man. I have to have a little bit of conversation with my parents, because I recall watching Up in Smoke, like, when I was 10. There there was, like, I don't, I don't know, there, it doesn't seem like there was any supervision when I was a kid. Well, you know, I saw it probably around that same age, but my parents didn't know about it. I was with mm. my cousins, and we were visiting their, you know, the family in Nebraska, and my cousins are all older than me, so... They were watching it, and of course, inadvertently, I was watching it too. But see, that's the thing. It's like I recall watching it with my parents in the room. See, that's that's. <laughs> see, I think I saw it when I was around twelve, but I really can't remember. Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 see what you did there. <laughs> All right, so TV. Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> Scarring all the way. Um, the top shows of the year or the day are Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, Happy Days, and Mork and Mindy. Which is honestly a great two hours of uh, entertainment right there. And three of the four were like back to back to back on uh, NBC, I think. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. And, and, uh, what is it? Laverne and Shirley and Morkin, Morkin, Mindy and Happy Days all had like crossovers too. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I I I really wish we can go back to the, go back to like having a show like Happy Days and it going well. I just don't think we could ever like have that again. What do you mean? I just, I mean, no, Happy Days was such a, a great, almost, like, innocent show. It was entertaining. It was fun to watch. I mean, the Fonz was like... Oh, yeah, well, what happened to Chuck? Chuck who? His older brother. Mangione? No. <laughs> Chuck Cunningham. What In happened? In the pilot episode, he went up, he, the last thing he said, well, I'm going upstairs, going to bed, and he's never seen again. Oh, they're keeping what him in the him? attic. I think the dad wrapped him in uh, some glad trash bags and... <laughs> <laughs> well, that got dark. That got He's somewhere dark. on a farm with the uh, other daughter from the Steeler Urkel show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Nick Wechler is an American actor who was born on September 3rd. He is known for his roles as Kyle Valente on Roswell and as Jack Porter on Revenge. He guest starred in a number of television series, including Malcolm in the Middle, Cold Case, Crossing Jordan, Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, Lie to Me, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. In 2008, he appeared in the independent film LTM, which is also the acronym of the week. Of course, LTM is Labia Terrorize Michael. 
Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, I... Wait, what? Too close, man. <laughs> well, it got a little too real for you there. You got, huh? got a little, got a little, you're, you're like pinpointing so many of my phobias in just that one sentence. Man, yeah, that's actually, uh, it was already spoiled earlier when I didn't realize that I included lie to me twice. So that's lie to me. Oh, lie to me and lie to me. Yeah. So anyway, in show. You could tell I was totally distracted when I was writing this tweet this week. That's all right. spiky testicles. <laughs> I was playing poker and watching the show and trying to write the tweet at the same time. So. Wow, that's like juggling and solving three Rubik's Cubes. That was impressive. That is impressive. So, listeners, if you have not seen that, look up the look dude who, yeah, yeah, the guy who cool. juggles three Rubik's Cubes and solves them at the same time. I thought you were talking about where you could watch Pat do all those things at the same time. No, that's not as entertaining. Yeah, that is definitely not very thrilling. I thought we were talking about Joel's spiky testicles. <laughs> so please, let's do. September... I thought we were talking about Mike fighting Labias. <laughs> please, let's do. What would you fight a labia with? Anyway, uh, September 1st was the last That's broadcast. That's the beer tongue lashing. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like the shitty Wonder Twins. <laughs> For a mall of a bucket of K- used KY jelly. Activate even. <laughs> September 1st was the last broadcast of Columbo. I love that show. I love Peter Falk more than I love the show. Peter Falk is fantastic. I I personally prefer him in uh, Murder by Death. <laughs> I gotta go to can. <laughs> nobody, nobody doing it. I don't want to miss anything. No, my favorite was, my favorite line from that was, "Can we speed this up? The, the old ladies giving me dirty old ladies giving me the finger." <laughs> in Colombo, I just love his bit where he's about to leave the room and he just turns around. Ah, one more thing. I was actually gonna include a joke like that in the. In in the the fact there, but I decided not. To. Oh, you should have. I, I think I wish there were. Is do you think there is anything that we can compare it to Columbo for the now? Then, because I'd love a reason to just like binge watch Columbo. All right, so no, I can't think of anything. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, actually, I'm actually thinking monk. Yeah, yeah. I... monk maybe. Yeah, yeah. Is that to. When that's not it? a bad. That's not a bad one, actually. Monk and Columbo. Yeah. How long ago was Monk? Looking it up. It was. It was past two thousand. Listeners. Uh, two thousand two to two thousand nine. Yeah. Oh, wow. Come on, go. Come on, go. Come on, go. I drink that. <laughs> <laughs> on to sports. Sports. That's you, Pat. Oh, that's me. That's, me. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> I think he's talking to you. <laughs> On September 2nd, the great Reggie Jackson becomes the 19th player in MLB history to hit 20 home runs in a season for 11 seasons in a row. Good God. Yeah. I can't believe 18 other people did that before him. Does anybody else remember Reggie Jackson gum? It tasted like chocolate. Nope. Oh, now that you mention it, I do. Tasted like what? Chocolate. It was chocolate gum. Well, that's racist. It was a different time. It also doesn't sound very good. <laughs> eh, it doesn't sound bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. All right. Well, then I stand correct. I sit corrected. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Moving on. Sorry. <laughs> Forgot it was you again, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Sylvester Cleo Foster Joseph, born September 5th, 
is a West Indian cricketer who has played in five tests and 13 ODIs from 2000 to 2005. In West Indian domestic cricket, he plays currently for the Leeward Islands. That's their mascot, the Islands, I guess. Weird. Against the West Indies B in the Busta Cup of 2001-2002. That's obviously Busta Rhymes. Yeah, I mean, it's a little known fact he's a huge supporter of cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph converted his maiden first class ton. Woo-ha! Woo-ha! I just cut and paste this, and I don't even know what it means. For the Leeward Islands into a double century, finishing with 211 not out. Okay. A right-handed middle-order batsman, in July 2004, he toured England and scored a century against a Sri Lankan A-side. He followed it up with 68 in the second inning to put himself in contention for the tests. After not being selected for the first two tests, he made his debut in the third test at (laughs) Old Trafford. He came into the side as a direct replacement for Devin Smith. The great Devin Smith, I should probably say. I don't know. I'm I'm assuming he's... (laughs) Anyway, and as a result, was asked to open the batting. He made 45 in the first innings and 15 in the second. Opening the batting again in the following test, he failed to impress and had to wait until the tour of Sri Lanka a year later to get a recall. Joseph is now a regular for West Indies A-side and is current captain of the A-side? Of the side. Yeah. Of that side, yeah, okay, whatever. In 2006, he made two centuries for them, both against England a I don't have a goddamn idea what you just said. I don't either. I mean, that was like a direct cut and paste, and I feel like that was not written in English. So we got all the listeners from the new website. They're like, so what's 40 going on 14 about? I, I, apparently it's about cricket. Uh, <laughs> pass. Like, even we don't know what we're talking about with the cricket facts. So don't don't feel bad if you're lost. All right. I, I kind of know what a double century is. That's probably 200. Is yeah. I would guess. And, and we've not, heard Maiden, but converted his Maiden first class ton into a double century. Nope. Yeah, that's Love just me. a bunch of that's a bunch of words in English. It's like a word salad. Seriously, and you're just talking nonsense. Yeah, they're 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 messing with us now. I think is that what's going on right now? Word salad. Somebody somebody that listens to our show is going in and just putting fake Wikipedia facts in the cricket. They're like, let's see if we can get him to say this. <laughs> it well, worked. <clears throat> So if anybody knows right. Sylvester Cleo Foster Joseph, let us know. We'll have him on the show. He can explain all that to us. Maybe. Possibly. He can. Never know. I still Moving want on. Bust a Cup. <laughs> the Bust a Cup. That on... sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> on September 9th, the Baltimore Orioles pull their franchise's seventh triple play. Triple plays are very rare and pretty cool. Oh, yeah. They're they're actually more rare than no hitters. That I did not know. Wow. But they're not more rare than perfect games, which is a different, which is a specific type of no hitter. Right. But unfortunately, they still live in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. Pun. Poor Baltimore. Born September 9th, Shane Battier <laughs> is a recently retired NBA journeyman who specialized in defense and the intangibles. He's like one of those guys you want to have on your team, but you're not necessarily going to see anything, you know, on him on the box in the box score that says ah. he did anything amazing, but he does all the little things in the game that helps you win. He, he brings of, donuts. <laughs> he does nice things about your mom. He's kind of like the bar back for the NBA. 
I bring donuts then, back. Yeah, there you go. So that means that Mike's got to attack him. <laughs> Can we get over? I did not know that he worked there. <laughs> Let's get the hell out of this weekend. <laughs> Joel, closing music. All right. So seeing that uh, Doctor Strange recently came out on DVD. Sports. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Joel's all out of sync. <laughs> All right, so that, both Joel and Patrick are suffering from the ghost of Christmas past four twenties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we since uh, Doctor Strange has come out on DVD recently, and uh, you know we're all about the Marvel movies and love to watch comic movies and that sort of thing. Um, we decided to go back to 1978 when Doctor Strange got its first attempt at uh, the major public, I guess. And this was on the same channel that also showed the Hulk and Amazing Spider-Man or Wonder Woman. I think it was Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, so it was in this time in the late 70s, early 80s when Marvel had kind of a grip on TV shows. It's kind of a switch from now because it seems like right now DC has got the hold on all the TV shows and Marvel's got the uh, got the movies. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. I mean, Marvel's playing catch up through uh, stuff like Netflix. Right, right. I mean, honestly, I I think the DC movie, uh, DC TV shows are pretty, pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. I think everybody would agree. Right. So, um, I disagree. You should. <laughs> so we went back to 1978 when Doctor Strange had its pilot released. So. Yeah, I remember seeing the cover for this at the video store and being really curious, but never getting around to renting it. Well, there's for good reason. <laughs> no it's, spoilers yet. Right. When you see the cover, that's why you didn't rent it. Right. Like, this looks like an adult movie. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> felt like one in places. I know, right? So whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. See, preparing for this, I was afraid. I knew it was going to go one of two ways. It was either going to be, that's not nearly as bad as everyone says it is, or it was going to be like the Star Wars Christmas special. Ooh. Let us never speak of this again. Yeah, this was a terrible idea. We should never do this again. With porn well, Lumpy stashes. was the bad guy. So, Aww. Lumpy? Wasn't that his name, the kid? Yeah, no, that was a, yeah, that was a good reference. You're right. Nice. Your references are out of control. Everybody knows that. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so uh, <laughs> so anyway, Tom- I need to pass this test quick. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so Thomas Linmer, played by John Mills, is a world weary sorcerer. He foresees the return to Earth of his ancient adversary, Morgan Le Fay, played by strangely sexy Jessica Walter. Right? I know. <laughs> it was just like. Oh my God, that's that's uh, Mallory Archer, and she's kind of hot. So is Mallory I, Archer. I always think of her as uh, Lucille. Oh Lucille yeah, Bluth. yeah. Oh yeah, Lucille Bluth from um, Arrested Development. Also, yeah. what do I have to give you to never make that face again? <laughs> Here's twenty dollars. Go see a Star Wars. Um, <laughs> uh, who has been granted dominance over men's souls by the Nameless One, who is played by David Hooks. In order to combat her evil magic, Lindner must pass the guardianship of the light onto his young psych- psychiatric resident, Dr. Stephen Strange, Peter Hooten, who has no Hooten. inkling of his destiny. Now, that was written by Les Adams. I want to give credit to him because the uh, 
the IMDB summary of it sucked. So, Les Adams, good job. I just want to point out that the nameless one was David Hooks in a Grimace outfit, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. Robo, robo, robo. All right. So, uh, going through, this is directed by Philip DeGuerre Jr., and writing credits also include such things as Jag, Simon and Simon, and a show called Wiz Kids back in 1981 uh, that was about kids who knew how to use a computer before we really knew what computers were. Yes, a show we only know about because we've talked about it before on this show. Right. Oh. Uh, also credited are Steve Ditko and Stan Lee, who are also credited for creating uh, probably 100% of the superheroes that you know. Uh, Peter Hooten played Doctor Strange. Hooten! Sorry, said it wrong. Uh, he's known for actually playing Tony in the original Inglorious Bastards. Hmm? What? Yeah. And he what also. Tony? Tony. I don't know who Tony is. I'm just saying he was in, in the original Inglorious Bastards. Tony Bag of Donuts. Right. And he also was in Orca, the Killer Whale. Man. And Strange. He was in Orca? Yes, uh, probably by the end. It looks like that kind of movie. And, and he's also known for being the porn version of Mike <clears throat> Brady. <laughs> yeah. He's also in Prisoners, Pat. Oh, wait, not the same thing. All right, and he was also... Now, this is where it gets kind of strange. He was also played opposite Bo Derek in a movie called Fantasies, where 16-year-old Anastasia and her adopted brother Damir live on a Greek island with their pervy grandfather. She, 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 she had three kids of her own. Yeah, I don't I don't know what this is about, but um it looks like I'd probably be on a list if I ever watched it. It was directed by John Derrick, who I believe is Bo's father. Oh. Oh no, he was married to. Never mind. Yeah, I was gonna say her husband is named John. There you go. And then yeah. it also has uh Cl- Clyde Kusatu. Couscous. Clyde Couscous. Kusatu as Wong, who was also in uh, Star Trek Next Generation. We should have talked about him during the side dish show. That's right. As uh, Admiral yeah. Nakamura. I was going to say, Clyde Kusatku, we've actually seen him in other stuff. Not in a lot, but he's been around for a while as a character actor. He was a huge character actor in the 80s and 90s, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at his resume here, Cagney and Lacey, The Fall Guy, Dallas, Three's a Crowd, TJ Hooker. Um, I mean, just all in the family, just a bunch of stuff that was, I mean, you see his face and you're like, I know that guy. Yeah. For me, he's always going to be, uh, Dr. Makito from Dollhouse. Oh, that's right. I haven't seen Dollhouse in a while. I've never seen it. Really? All right. So also stars a one Jessica Walter as Morgan Le Fay, known as we had just said as Mallory Archer in Archer as in Lucille Bluth in uh, Arrested Development, and Evelyn in Play Misty for Me, the uh, Clint Eastwood movie. Wow, that's a good movie. Yeah, and ready for this one? She played Fran Sinclair in Dinosaurs, the old TV show. Oh, wow. I know. (laughs) Again. She's been in a ton of stuff. Yes, she has. Who was Fran? The mother. That was the mother? Okay. Yeah. You know, a little. Did you did you guys remember the uh, final episode of that? Yeah, everybody dies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was dark. Yeah, comet comes and kills them all and turns them into oil. Right. 
<clears throat> All right. So uh, also in this is Anna Marie Martin, who plays Clea Lake, who is the uh, the girl that uh, Morgan Le Fay possesses in this movie. And she is known for such things as Runaway, where she played the hooker at bar, Prom Night, where she played Wendy. But honestly, for us, she played Dory Doro in Sledgehammer. Uh, I like that show. I would. I never watched it. Yeah, oh. I was gonna say that's all you guys. Pat never saw it, and I didn't like it very much. Oh, Joel, it's you and me. I love Sledgehammer. Me too. It was a yeah. little too uh, too tongue in cheek for me. Right. Uh, tongue in cheek. I will give this credit for Clea is actually a fairly big character in Doctor Who, and it's the only time we get to see her on screen. She's not represented in the new one, so yeah. Doctor Strange, you mean? Did I say Doctor Who? I blame the uh, Soju. Right. All right, so also Philip Sterling as Dr. Frank Taylor, Chief of Psychiatry, and John Mills as Lindmer. Who's Lindmer? Why did I miss that? He's the uh, original sorcerer, but let's not oh. go past Philip Sterling, because this is another <clears throat> dude who's been everywhere. Right, yeah, so Philip Sterling, he has been in, like we had talked about in 1990s, The Death of the Incredible Hulk. He uh, played Doc Reverend George Booth in As the World Turns. He was also in NYPD Blues in the TV show Sisters, and up until 1998, he was uh, in My Giant. And he was also the the um, who Sterling Archer was named after. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also one of the regular returning uh, character actors uh, who went in and out of Barney Miller pretty much for the entire run. Oh, that's right. He was the werewolf guy, wasn't he? As the Frank Rilling FBI, Judge Philip Paul Gibson, he they constantly kept bringing him back as different characters. That's awesome. Do either of you? The size of New York. Why does everybody look the same? <laughs> do any of you have? The, I mean, for some reason, I have like an irrational love for Barney Miller. I like Barney Miller. I used to watch it all the time. I even watch Fish. Oh, the spinoff. Fish. Oh, I thought you just meant you stand at the aquarium. Well, I do because I have I can see it right now, but no. I didn't do it. Oh, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, I gotta pass this test. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this uh, film got twenty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's generous. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like that's actually pretty appropriate. Yeah. So it got some really low ratings. Um, some of the comments that came across the reviews were, it struggles under its origins and not much happens over the course of 90 minutes. I have to agree with that. Yeah. Uh, some other reviewers found the film boring, complained that the first two-thirds of the film play like a me- me- medical procedural movie. Well, they uh, should have given uh, <clears throat> like some kind of credit billing whatever to the woman that was always talking on the loudspeaker calling doctors everywhere oh my god yeah i wrote down some they're of like they're like they're, they're a little too into trying to create the hospital atmosphere like when <laughs> every single time someone is called i'm like oh my god why is this like like it, it, and it was never never became anything i thought they were gonna like setting up where it was gonna be something at some point like nope. they have to use that for something or whatever but no it just just my favorite one was calling dr larry ferrari yeah, those had to have been people that worked on the set or something. Yeah, it, it had to be some sort of nod to somebody. I mean, honestly, that's there's no way that there. I mean, it was ridiculous. Every single time you were in the hospital, there's like at least four or five pages every single time, and they weren't just like 
quietly in the background. It was like, you know, they had somebody with a microphone shouting into it. <laughs> yeah. And you know what does it seem to Okay, it it seemed to me that the Foley guys in this movie were trying to make you were trying to do jump scares. It's like you would cha- you would transition to a new scene and suddenly phone is ringing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What? I got you now." All right, so some of the other uh, reviews that they had was from a one Gary Stew. He's uh, talking about Doctor Strange himself. He's instantly good at everything without any training and only fails once before miraculously becoming awesome and immediately afterwards, and he's just generally an idiot. <laughs> I wrote down in my notes that, uh, he, honestly, I think that Doctor Strange is Ron Burgundy's cousin. <laughs> It's rough because even though I think I like this better than all of you guys did, it's kind of difficult to defend a Doctor Strange movie when the worst part of it is Doctor Strange. Exactly, right? <laughs> right, and and there's really nothing that happens until the end, and then there's the infamous uh, magic scene at the very last minute. Mm-hmm. Ha 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 ha. So, uh, I mean, some other, other reviewers called this really ambitious and it was campy by today's standards. And, you know, it's, it's really, honestly, if you step in, if you decide that you're going to watch this, we've talked about this before, but if we say 70s pacing, understand what that means. That means that you're going to get a lot of like 45 seconds of Doctor Strange crossing the street. I mean, hearing how bad it's supposed to be, you might have my experience where it's not good, but it doesn't sink to your expectations. Exactly. Uh, Personally, I thought, hey, you know what's awesome? Zooming in and zooming out on things that have absolutely nothing to do with what's going on. Like, hey, there's a fire. Let's zoom into the fire. Let's zoom out on this picture. Or let's, let's let's spend all this time showing a bus coming and then have nothing whatsoever happen with the bus. I know, right? I was really I th- confused. I think what was supposed to happen, because the kid on the bike was the kid that uh, Morgana had possessed earlier. Her plan, because using magic is only good if you're using it on cats, <laughs> is to have the kid on the bike knock Stephen Strange in front of the bus just as the bus is coming. Oh, I thought it was going to have the kid go in front of the bus and, and he was going to try to save him and get struck by the bus. That's what I thought. It looked like that was well, the plan. Whatever you do, don't just walk up to the guy and hit him with your magic that he can't stop. Let's just do all this convoluted crap. <laughs> well, well she... I think the problem was is his ring was protecting him from magic, but she didn't realize that the ring would also protect him from somehow a kid pushing him in front of the bus. I don't know how that works. Well, honestly, Magic. if that's the same kid, the the Jackson Five are a bunch of dicks because that taxi stops the stop sign and they all start jumping up and down on. The one kid starts making a serious faces at Morgan, and I yeah, sh- it almost looked like special effect faces. Like I know this kid's got a face like Louis Armstrong. Seriously, it was it was <laughs> like uh, the mask almost. You didn't notice how big his cheeks got when he was making those faces. I I didn't even think about it until now, but seriously, what a wonderful world! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let, before before we dig into this anymore, let's get a little bit to, a little bit of the trivia out of the way. So, in, in 1985 interview, Stan Lee cited Doctor Strange as the Marvel TV project of the 70s that he wound up giving the most input, knowing that became very friendly with Phil DeGuerre. 
Lee added also that next to in The Incredible Hulk, this was the live-action adaptation of a Marvel character that he was most pleased with at the time, and was disappointed by the movie's low ratings, which he blamed on being aired opposite to a rerun of Roots. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you can blame Kunta Kinte for this. Well, not to mention, if you can't beat a rerun, you kind of don't deserve to win. Yeah, it's a shame, because like it was almost like they remembered to make a comic book movie in the last 20 minutes. Uh, yes. I agree with you. Yeah, they even set up a second act, and they're like, well, we're out of movie because we spent an hour on uh, St. Elsewhere. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, it's like somebody dropped acid and started watching Quincy. As nobody else watched Quincy. I have. And that doesn't help. <laughs> okay. I mean, so- it was definitely a, like like a little too much hospital stuff. Like, we didn't need to... To hear the woman talking about, you know, her ulcer and her alcoholism, and she just needs a little hooch. And what the hell? What kind of doc, what kind of? I'm sorry. What kind of doctor does that? I need something to help me sleep. I'm not going to give you that, but I will give it to you if you sleep here. Right. If you stay here, I'll drug you. Well, that's how they do it in Kentucky and Florida. <laughs> well, all right. So, uh, also, trivia. Morgan Le Fay was the first Marvel foe to be adapted to live action. She was later joined by the Kingpin in Trial of the Incredible Hulk in 1989 and the Red Skull in Captain America 1990 version. I guess that scans because most of the bad guys in The Incredible Hulk were just like random thugs around town. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like whatever gang in town that he wandered into was one he took on every week. So this uh, aired on September 6, 1978, in a two-hour block from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. on CBS, <clears throat> the same network that at that time aired The Amazing Spider-Man and The Incredible Hulk. But for some reason, CBS did not pick up Doctor Strange as a series. I'm telling you, it was that last two-minute sequence. No, it no, wasn't. Because Morgana was going to be an old woman. Who wants to watch that? Right. Morgana wasn't. Well, actually, she wasn't an old woman. She, she came back at the end. Yeah, she's like she... back to her normal self at the end. Yeah, right at the end, they show her in modern day New York on the news. Oh, that's right, they, with the yeah. Lafay method. Yeah, and I was wondering why that, why, why she was back to being normal. That's right, I do remember that. So, um, well, okay. First off, the ancient one looks like Mister Rogers' next door, next door neighbor. Rubble, rubble, rubble. That has nothing to do with Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. neighborhood. Um, And did anybody else see the little psycho playing with a baby doll in the very beginning? Yes, they were trying. I don't know why they did that, because I think that was supposed to be a nurse, but that jumped out at me. Like, instead of not having her uh, with uh, an infant at all, they decided to have this obvious plastic toy. Mm -hmm. And uh, and she's just kind of like flipping it in the air. I don't was it actually a nurse or was it somebody a patient? I mean, might I have, guess might have been their attempt to try to be like, "Hey, look, we're in a psych ward." Yeah, that's that's just what I was thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. the soundtrack was by everybody who was practicing to do the soundtrack for Tron. <laughs> Lots it was, of... The soundtrack was done by the guy who who did all the music <sighs> in the. You know what? Never mind. I, I'm going to just stop that joke right now. 
Well, let's move on. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. That's going to reference the the mirror fight scene in Conan the Destroyer. I should close that window. That's a dangerous thing. Yeah, we can't have Michael McDonald. This is why we can't have nice things. One of the things I do want to point out is that uh, apparently Jessica Walters has not changed her hairdo in 29 years. <laughs> it's the same hairdo from uh, forever, apparently. She's a witch. Maybe not. I don't okay. want to say anything because I don't want any more surfing bird. <laughs> no, surfing bird has been closed. You're good. You're good. So he's obviously, you know, this young, brash, cocky doctor that everybody, you know, <clears throat> either loves or hates. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly he just, Become... because of a ring that his father left him, suddenly he's a sorcerer. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously they uh, changed the origin here. They were deciding that the way this is going to work is he's going to be the successor. I don't know. It's just, it's so frustrating because the Sorcerer Supreme the whole time isn't Doctor Strange. Nope. Like, they should have gotten to the point quick, much more quickly. And... This is more, this is like Doctor Strange MD. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It really is. It really like is. If you want to know about Doctor Strange before he became Doctor Strange, let's talk about him as Doctor Strange. It's the prequel to Doctor Strange. The porn prequel. <clears throat> and let's watch him have the same date twice. I got really concerned when that happened. Yeah, because I, I was, you know, I was, like I said, I, uh, I was watching this late at night and it started again and I had like make sure that I hadn't accidentally rewind, rewound or, or got a bad copy or something. I'm like, We've already had this conversation. <laughs> no, like, I don't want to watch all that again. <laughs> and Clea was just sort of shoehorned in there. Like, I like the character, but it's like uh, this girl is taken over to push uh, Linmer off a bridge. And By the she's... way, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's not that easy to shove somebody off a bridge when the, when the railing comes up to your chest. You can't well, just walk up it. and like push them in the chest and they, ah, they fall over. He took it like a champ, though. <laughs> yeah, he did. That is a resilient old man right there. Uh, and then he explains that she's important because reasons. Yes. And then apparently even, there's... Even a pawn can catch a can <clears throat> help catch a, a queen. Right. And apparently there's some sort of hidden meaning, some sort of like uh, something going on with Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, apparently that's the only TV station they have in the whole area. Everybody's watching Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. That, that's Stein what Island. created the psychic connection. That's exactly yeah. it. Abbott connect. Yeah, see, I like the way you think. <laughs> Who's on first? Morgan's on first. Exactly. I don't know. In the seventies, they they didn't have that many channels, so. Or and their and their TVs were all like six inches. They said it was a good size. <laughs> can we they talk lied. a little? Can we talk a little bit about Morgan's plan? Or lack thereof, rather. Well, it was going well. She seduced. She she had her sexy Jessica Walters thing going on. She seduced the horn dog Doctor Strange, who had already turned down the mantle of the Sorcerer Supreme. Everything was going 
well, but she couldn't make him take off his ring. So she decided, you know what else is sexy? Dead old man. (laughs) (laughs) If that doesn't make you want to turn off your ring, how about this? But I mean, my first thought when she infiltrated the house and and killed Wong and, and, you know, all that stuff, I I was like, well, too bad for them that she didn't find them attractive. I know, well, right? Because apparently, like, like how how sexist is that? Like, I'm this, you know, evil, incredible sorcerer. I'm come to get my justice. Oh, look at him. He's so cute. I can't kill him. I can't kill him. He's got a porn stash. Well, he is a doctor, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> All chicks love doctors, apparently. That's right. Mr. Doctor. <clears throat> there is, a, okay, and also speaking of uh, sexy Jessica Walters, there is a ton of cleavage in this movie. And that outfit she was wearing when she, like, raised her hands to call upon whatever power she was going for, I was like, raise your arms just six inches more. <laughs> Everything's yeah, complaining about the cleavage. Yeah. What was crazy is she covered up for her Let's Seduce Doctor Strange outfit. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe maybe that's what happens when, like, you completely dress, like, skimpy all the time when you're like, oh, it's time to dress sexy. I'd better cover up. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say that the the uh, ancient one, he has an an unhealthy obsession with stucco. <laughs> that entire place was nothing but stucco. It looked like a cave. Yeah, it was very strangely decorated. <clears throat> it's like a Jackson Pollock painting. <clears throat> Eventually, are you guys confusing the ancient one with the big bad? No, no, no. The ancient no, no, was no, the old no, man. Th- the, the sorcerer, sorcerer spring. His whole place was full of stucco. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. There, I'm not saying that the the uh, the evil dude was not into stucco also because it seemed like stucco was just a thing. But uh, so it happens we have a low budget. That's right. And stucco. Also, if you're if you're freaking out because of you had a bad dream, I'm I'm suggesting this is the Doctor Strange prescription for if you have a bad dream that freaks you out, get up. Run out of your apartment, don't close your door, jump into the elevator, hit every goddamn button, which Morgan Le Le Fay shows up on floor two, but not on floor one. I was expecting. Yeah, I was totally expecting her to be on one. Yeah. That would, it would have been more would have made more sense if she was like. like can you imagine every if she floor. if she gets in the elevator and she doesn't press two, she just presses <laughs> one and the elevator goes right by. Yeah. Morgan's like, damn it! <laughs> I could have totally freaked her out right there. And then she runs into the only cabbie that cares. Yeah. Ah, oh, look at you. You're out in the middle of the street. We should get you to the psych ward. Because we all know the caring nature of New York cabbies. Exactly. Mm. And it doesn't take much that. to get committed in New York, apparently. Like, oh, hey, I'm a little confused. I don't know where I am. I'm only a block away from my apartment. Let's take you to Bellevue. <laughs> what kind of a dick... Pick, picks up a cat on the street and goes, well, you must belong in here. Just throws it inside and leaves. <laughs> you know, I was curious about that. Oh, in, that in that same in that same vein, the, the defense that the uh, Sorcerer Supreme, previous Sorcerer Supreme, had on the, on his lair was, does, like, it zapped the cat. How does he get his mail? I mean, that seems like a little bit same of... Same way everybody else does. Craigslist. Oh, uh, all right. If we're going to call out things that were good about this, I did appreciate Wong. I do appreciate Wong. 
if he'd only been more attractive, he See? wouldn't have got killed. I don't know. Yeah, but then he got unkilled. Yeah. Well, he survived at the end. He just got set on fire in the meantime. Right. He's on fire. One of those twenty-four hour body on fire things. The fire was kind of around him. Yeah. It's kind of like more a, than on him, like a fire dome, maybe. Like like a fire suit. Outline. Fire suit, yes. A hair suit, yes. And then later on, did you guys see the that when they they panned across us for a quick moment? There was a kitty wear store, and it said we have clothes for chubbies, huskies, and I think the last thing it said was furries, but I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> not in '78. What? It said there was a kids like a kids clothing store, and it says we have clothes for chubbies and huskies, and I'm not sure what the last word said, but it looked like furries. Were you a chubby or husky? I mean, were. Them. <laughs> I, I, I was. Aw, wait, what? A furry? No husky. Ugh. And another. Okay, here's another question. So, Doctor Strange is. Uh, at the Sorcerer Supreme's domain. He calls into the hospital and says, this is what, you know, blah, blah, blah. Are you coming in? I can't. I'm on the run. I'll call you. And the nurse just sort of like takes this in stride. Is this something? Well, I mean, there was a relationship going on there. And he's been a notorious flake. It's a little weird for him, but probably not that much weirder than what she's used to. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm on the run? I don't know. Maybe she thought I was uh, playing a joke? Maybe. I'm just saying, you got to grade by the curve here. Uh, I know. <laughs> right. I know. The, the um, astral travel scenes, uh, the, the one uh, stream that I was watching, the astral travel continued and then suddenly i was watching tommy i thought it was pretty cool for the time though it really uh, i'll was. have to give them props for their uh special effects there yeah all 20 minutes of it <laughs> it took a long time was there was it just me or was there a lot of soft focus also oh yeah there was a lot but of it was soft the 70s focus. again it and, was and there were on the scenes when things got a little uh, Wow. They've got a little bow chicka wow wow. Well yeah, I mean when he goes to um when he goes to her apartment for the date, it almost turns into like a Rio Nidian ice commercial. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice throwback. Uh but I mean for a TV movie it felt very, very much like porn. Yeah, if it was just <laughs> a little less boring and uh, they had committed more to the sorcerer stuff and less to the doctor stuff. It would have been okay. I agree. With, for something that has word that, that you're expecting magic in, there was not a lot of magic in the first hour and a half, hour and fifteen minutes of this movie. There was a few, you know, animated bolts from the hands and whatnot, but it it had the pacing, the plot, the acting, and the soft focus of a porn. That's fair. And the mustaches. And the mustache. And indubitably the mustaches. Oh, yeah. All right. I think we've uh, beat on this as uh, long as we can. He's already dead. (laughs) So uh, when we come back, uh, we will talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe Doctor Strange. Yes. 2016. Um, I don't know. Joel, you want to do his name this time around? 
Who? Benedict Cumbersnatch? It's not as good as the first one, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm not good at that. Yeah, well. All right. Yeah, we'll be back in a little bit. Bumbledink Cumberbatch? No, that's it. are back we're gonna get our strange on i don't know what that means but we're gonna do it we're gonna get some strange yep you know if i didn't really like this character in this movie i'd be out right now (laughs) (laughs) all right so 2016 was released the uh i don't know joe uh pat give me a benedict cumberbatch uh bad name oh uh, Ballyhoo Chamomile. That's terrible. <laughs> All right, Bibble so. Snot Camembert. Ah, yeah, much better. I like that. <laughs> there we go. So this is starring Benedict Cumberbatch, but it is directed by Scott Derrickson, who is known for such classics as Sinister, which was pretty damn freaky, mm-hmm. The Exorcism of Emily Rose, and Deliver oh. Us from Evil. Joel, I'm going to refer to you on this one. You're the you're our horror guy. Exorcism of Emily Rose wasn't bad. Sinister started out great, ended kind of poor once they introduced the main villain. And um, what was the last one? Uh, Deliver Us from Evil, 2014. That was all right. It, it was solid. It was like a three three out of five, but okay. nothing I need to see twice. All right. Beetlejuice Columbine. <laughs> Much better. Yes, I like that. Ben That's very good. Comment. <laughs> All right, so uh, it's directed by that dude. It's also uh, written <laughs> by John Spitz. <laughs> yeah, John Spitz. John Spitz is known for Passengers and Prometheus in addition to this. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have a lot to his writing credits at this point, but what he does have is pretty damn good. Um, also, Scott Derrickson, who is known for such classics as Sinister Exorcism. And wait, that's the same dude. That's Never mind. Director. That's the guy who directed it. He wrote it, too. Written and directed. Does the guy not know any re- restraints? But C. Robert Cargill, who's another writer, uh, is pretty much known for the Sinister series and as they continue to fall. What is that? That looks really interesting. I just know it's a short. Oh, okay. An aging drifter hunts fallen angels in a desolate city. All right. I have to put that on my watch list. That sounds like something I would dig. Anyway. Also, we we haven't mentioned this yet, but Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. That are again, again, they're the people that created a hundred percent of the heroes that you love. <laughs> well, pretty much, except Batman and Superman. I was gonna say Batman, yeah. <laughs> All right, this also stars Benadryl Cobra Kai, as Patrick <laughs> is editing right now. Which I have to give some props <laughs> to. Benadryl Cobra Kai as Dr. Stephen Strange. Oh, that's good. Um, hang on. Give me a moment. I have to take a deep breath before I figure out this name. Chobadel Ijafar? Pretty close, yeah. Chobadel Ijafar. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Nice. Yeah. Watch him screw up Rachel McAdams. <laughs> as Steve Smith. Um, 
as well, more Chimitzel Eisen Four is in a ton of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. most likely, most uh, notably, uh, Firefly, the Firefly movie. Yeah. yeah, well, and Twelve Years a Slave, American Gangster, Children of Men, Doctor I, Strange. Uh, I, he was Vincent in The Martian. Doctor Strange. Oh, oh yes, yeah. that's what we're talking about. Yes, Aging Doctor Strange. <laughs> All right. So, also Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer, Benedict Wong as Wong. I was like, please tell me we're not going by either of these names because I love both of these actors. Oh yeah, uh, Mads Mikkelsen as Cadelius. Caselius. Caselius. Sorry. Yeah, Rachel McAdams. Uh, I've loved her since Mean Girls. Uh She's our Irene Adler in the uh, Sherlock Holmes with mm. uh, Robert Downey Jr. I still need to see Mean Girls. I've heard so much good stuff about it. It you really is do. very good. Yeah. And Benedict Wong, uh, it's one of those where you realize when you go into his uh, IMDb how many times you've already seen him. Uh, oh, yeah. If you've seen The Martian, he plays a pretty big role in there. He was also... Uh, and uh, he was Kublai Khan in Marco Polo, if you ever saw it on Netflix. Right. And he is also in something coming up called Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, in a episode called Impossible Planet. And honestly, for myself, if you put Philip K. Dick's name in front of anything, I'm going to watch it. Because it <laughs> seems like any good sci-fi has Philip K. Dick somewhere in the uh, credits. Philip K. Dick presents Doctor Strange, 1978. Exactly. Yeah, and I just loving that they're bringing him back for uh, Infinity War. Oh, yeah. Wong is, Wong's a great character. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, also known for Les Chiffres, as in Casino Royale, The Hunt, and Lucas, and Doctor Strange, and Rogue One, and all sorts of cool things. Hannibal. Like uh, Hannibal, yeah, which we need still need to get to. <clears throat> yes, we got to watch that. I I wasn't big on Hannibal until I became a Mads Mikkelsen fan. Uh, it's Til- a reasonable position to take, exactly. And then Tilda Swinson as the in- the ancient one. Uh, Michael Stuhlsberg as Nicodemus West, and which, Be- what's that? You may remember him if, from the Coen Brothers show. He was in, uh, was it a Simple Man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't think of that. That's all right. Name of the movie. A serious man. Serious man. Thank right. You. And um, I think uh, Tilda Swinton was in a Coen Brothers. No, she was in a Wes Anderson film. Not Coen Brothers. Hmm. Potato, potato. Oh, uh, no, actually Coen Brothers as well. She's uh, the Thacker sisters in Hail Caesar. Oh, that's right. Uh, um. Also, going down Benjamin Bratt as Jonathan Pangborn. Not at a Coen Brothers movie. No, not very at much all. a cameo. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I kind of feel bad for recognizable actors who get cast in tiny roles in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I but I think I'll, there's almost probably a, a, a point where they call up and be like, "Hey, I'll take anything. I just want to be in one of these movies. My kids want to want to see me." Right. <laughs> well, 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 actually, we'll get into that a little bit in the uh, uh, trivia. So, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was a first choice and was offered the lead role of Stephen Strange because that is exactly who he is. But he right. initially, I know, right? It's kind of, kind of like Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Exactly. 
when this casting was announced and people were complaining about it, I was like, no, 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 you don't get it. Yeah. This is correct. I know. Right. It was like, I know. I saw some of the complaints on like Reddit when I was looking. I was like, do you, you obviously don't know the comic as well as you think you do. Because or this guy's range. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and that's one of the things that I like about him is that have you seen the, um, oh crap, I lost the name of it, the, uh, something game. Oh, I know Hunger what you're talking about. Hunger no, Games. not the Hunger Games. Not the Hunger Games. He's not in that. The something game where he plays the guy who invented the Reindeer Games. No. God damn it. <laughs> Why do I ask the, you for help? The imitation game. Imitation game. game. Yeah, it, he's fantastic in That's that. That's not it. Whatever. Anyway. The Goodwill Games. Goodwill Games. That's exactly it. Good old hunting. For you guys. What the hell? So the release date, he actually dropped it. He was not going to be in it. Red October? God damn it. Stop <laughs> helping. All right. You you deserve this. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Been too many episodes since we've had to pull the Doobie Brothers. All right. Have you learned your lesson? The I pulled my Doobie Brothers. So, no. So, um, no white in the huntsman. Oh, god, damn it. so when it. the release date was pushed back from July to 2016 to November 2016, he was able to commit to shooting. Jacqueline Phoenix was the second choice for the role. Yeah, that's incorrect. I, I like Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. He does not belong in this. Joaquin, no. Joaquin. sorry, Joaquin, you know me in names. Anyway, yes. so he turned it down because he's like, oh, I'm not so big about a multi-picture deal. I don't like money. To be fair, it's not the weirdest thing or even cracking the top 20 that Joaquin Phoenix has done in the last four years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's like, Doctor, why do I want to play Doctor Strange? I am Doctor Strange. <laughs> he, he jumped out the window and was never seen again. So uh, some other trivia. While filming... Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch walked into a comics book store in full costume and bought Doctor Strange comic books. Now he's trying to be Deadpool. <laughs> what would you do? Now, except Pat, you're excluded from this conversation. <laughs> you're hanging out at the comic shop, and he walks in in full costume and buys comics. I'd probably ring him up and be angry that I'm making $10 an hour. Best <laughs> day ever. All right. Uh, thanks for playing along with the joke. <laughs> I, w I would kidnap him, but that's just me. I find it strange. <sighs> that's your answer for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Have you tried kidnapping him? <laughs> All right. So Rachel McAdams' startled reaction when the broom closet was genuine, since the mop handle fell completely by accident and scared her almost out of her skin. Scott oh, that's Derrick. funny because I thought that was actually pretty cheesy, but says that actually happened. That's no funny. Scott Derrickson decided to keep the reaction in the film because she never broke character. Good on you, Rachel McAdams. She is spectacular. Uh, on a lot of people shit on True Detective season two because it wasn't True Detective season one, but I thought she was amazing in it. I have to yet to watch that. I need to. yeah. I mean, a lot of people, I don't know, uh, it, different show, different time. Right. So also considered for the role of the Ancient One was Morgan Freeman, yeah. Ken Watanabe, good, and Bill Nighy. 
What do you think about that? I don't. I don't know about that. Bill Nye. Not for that role, anyway. Yeah, no. I mean, Ken Watanabe is an obvious choice, but I think probably would have even been better. I think Ken Watanabe would have been good, but honestly, I would love to have seen what Bill Nye would have done. Would have done with it. I'm a big fan of his. I don't know. Well, I like him, but I don't. I don't think for this role. No. All right. So, uh, due to the popularity of the Marvel films. Rachel McAdams had a change of stance and became interested suddenly in appearing in any any of the MCU films. Unknowingly, she was the first choice for the role of Christine. McAdams was also previously approached by John Favreau as the first choice to play Pepper Potts, but she declined. That would have been such an upgrade as much as I like Gwyneth in that role. Uh, that's about the only way I like Gwyneth. So, <laughs> never. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I agree with you also. Never shake Joel. Gwyneth's hand because she only uses one square. Yeah, I, I'm serious, dude. <laughs> Joel, if you don't know, Gwyneth Paltrow is the worst person on the planet. I don't disagree <laughs> with that. I just, I always liked her as an actress. She's one of the most pretentious people on the planet. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm not completely. With any of that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Have you seen her webpage and the book that she put out? She's like completely disjointed from any sort of reality. Yeah, well, she, I mean, first of all, she doesn't understand that you don't give yourself your own nickname. That's just not cool. That's what, just the beginning of the, of the many, many problems I have with her. What nickname did she give herself? Goop. Goop? G-O-O-P, Goop. That's like giving yourself the nickname Uki. Exactly. Gwyneth Paltrow is like a wealthy Uki. <laughs> and that's Man, now I feel bad for Uki for the first time <laughs> in like 25 years. Anybody listening who doesn't know who Uki is, don't don't look him up. Yeah, seriously. You don't want to know that dude. All right, so that's all the trivia I have. So, the movie itself, I am so glad I did not see that in 3D. <laughs> oh my god it would have made me vomit I would have I rainbow spews all over the place especially when he did that like whole going into his own mind thing yeah I, I've said it before and I'll have to say it for this show I, I just love the fact that they completely committed to the 60s psychedelia which is a big part of the Doctor Strange comics the same way they committed to the uh, World War II propaganda for the first Captain America they made it fit. They brought it up to date. And goddamn, if the technology isn't there right now. Oh, it totally is. I I have to say that the battles where they were folding New York over on itself was fantastic. Yeah, that would and, and that opening battle was very cool. I thought I thought that was probably the best battle in the movie, even though they tried to ramp it up because it was just so unexpected to open up. You know. The, the movie like that, and suddenly everything, like all reality is just getting twisted around and people, and you're like, okay, whatever, you know, it's kind of like an Inception type of thing, but then suddenly, like the building's collapsing on themselves, start killing the bad guys, it's like, whoa, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, unfortunately, I think we're going to end up having to spoil it for Pat, who didn't quite make it all the way to the end, watching yeah, this gonna, at I'm home. I'm going to watch it when the show's over, so spoilers aren't going to last for more than a couple minutes, so. Because the most impressive thing about this is that they stayed true to Strange. When he is confronted with an otherworldly cosmic threat, he doesn't blast it to bits with magic. 
he but, negotiates it down. Right. The Dormammu, the Dormammu scene? Yeah. I have come to bargain. Exactly. Over and over. <laughs> that, that was so funny, especially when Dormammu is like, wait, what's going on? Yeah, we can leave it there since we know Pat had to pause it like right before that to record the show. And but, if it's a spoiler that we don't have to, you know, spoil for anybody listening, that works too. So yeah, we we can leave it there. But I, to me, that was the most impressive part of almost the entire thing because it wasn't flashy and it was totally Stephen Strange. Yeah, I literally have 15 minutes left to watch in the movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. and that spoilers like five minutes from where you stopped. Ah. So, I mean, this is a classic Marvel uh, origin tale of a character who has not gotten his due. Uh, This was an important one for me because Doctor Strange has always been my second favorite Marvel hero. And when it comes to movies, my first favorite is already ruined. Back when that being being Ghost Rider, which was wrecked by Nicolas Cage. Twice. (laughs) Nicolas Cage doesn't wreck anything. He makes everything fantastic. Except... Ghost Rider and almost every other movie. And the Wicker Man. (laughs) Not the bees! I'm going to go punch a bear. So, yeah. And this this was really important for me to be right so I could have one of my favorites done correctly on the big screen. And I was from beginning to end enthralled. And Nicolas Cage as Doctor Strange. Oh! That's my nightmare. <laughs> okay. One of the things that I have to say is they managed to make his costume with the with the cloak and everything look cool but not super corny. It's like the scene when, when the, the collar keeps touching him on the face, like stop it. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. And that was one of the one of the things that they really messed up in the seventies one, but I mean they couldn't do much different. But they got it right because it was still even though it was not necessarily what he wore in the comics it felt right and it made sense so is his is his outfit sentient is that what the well i mean in stephen strange at his full powers he's got not only just almost any spell you could have he's also got just all these different artifacts of which we see him wielding two in his origin story the cloak of levitation and the eye of agamotto and uh, then he's got all of the extra planar godlike entities that he can just call on. He's like, I have a pact with Watum. I have a pact with these various uh, incredibly powerful beings. And he calls in favors and they grant him these ridiculous cosmic level shaking abilities. He is the one man defense of the Marvel universe against everything that is weird from the magical realm. And and that's one of the things about, um, about Dr. Who that I think that not a lot of people respect. <laughs> Doc, did I say We're Dr. all doing Who? it now. Yeah. God damn it. Dr. Strange <laughs> is, uh, there are so many things that like the X-Men are fighting against that the Avengers are fighting against. And Dr. Who's like, there's a whole bunch of shit that you don't even know exists, but don't worry. I got it. I'll call Dr. Strange and get him over here. Exactly. 
<laughs> I was just about to ask, like, where does he fit in with the Avengers and all that kind of stuff in the in the universe? One of the things is he's either in his own book where he's competing on his own power level, or he's mostly used like a Deus Ex Machina. Like he's brought in when you just need a one character answer to a horrible problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I think you have to, people say, I hate seeing the origin stories over again. You have to start him at not his, at his full power. Otherwise he pretty much solves any movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like if Superman was actually written correctly, like the yeah. movie would be over in 20 minutes. Yeah, pretty well, much. And, and Superman at least has to be there physically. He can't just wave his hand and make it go away. A couple of words and a wave of his hand from Doctor Strange, it's really hard to imagine another Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that Stephen Strange at his full power couldn't just like, yeah, I got this. Like, like you know, he, in the second Avengers movie, he just would have closed the portal and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what a just coming into control of his power Stephen Strange looks like in Thor Ragnarok, which is coming soon. Mm-hmm. Have any of you seen the uh, Doctor Strange 2007 animated movie? No. You need to. It's really good. Um, you sold me on it. I was afraid. I, I was like, I, I can't be hurt again. No, no, no. It, <laughs> it, yeah, it. Um, Show me on the doll where this movie touched you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's actually really good. It. I watched it and was impressed by the whole um, progression of Doctor Strange through it, and it, honestly, I think if you don't know who Doctor Strange is before you watch the live-action Marvel Universe one, watch this, and it'll give you a good thumbnail of what he actually is, actually is uh, able to do. Yeah, oh yeah. And that's the thing, it's like, Doctor Strange, it's almost that the Marvel Universe keeps him in their back pocket, because whatever happens... Like Josh just said, he can solve. He's like, you know, oh, oh, aliens coming in through this portal? Closed. No problem. Why did you call me? You know, he's he's like the antithesis to, like, Cthulhu showing up. Yeah, I mean, that's... And he led the Defenders, which was the non-team. It's not the same Defenders that we're going to see on Netflix. Uh, the original Defenders was uh, Silver Surfer, Doctor Strange, Hulk, and Namor. Uh, I mean, half By the of way, that... Silver Surfer, I think, is just a stupid character. I mean, I understand his power, but I mean, the whole, I'm a surfer, like, through, through the universe. You're wrong. No, I'm not. Yeah, you yeah. are. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm going to find it difficult to disagree with Pat on this one. Oh! I love Norrin Rad. But let's face it, he's a surfer whose last name is Rad. And if he wasn't a Herald of Galactus, he'd be a fucking joke. Exactly. That that's my point. It's like I mean it's just it's a it's a dumb carrying out of a good character concept. I mean the fact that his personality is awesome and the way they use him is awesome uh redeems the character, but the concept is a little dumb. Like I'm surfing through the universe. What? <laughs> But that's yeah. all. That's another thing. Uh, you won't have to worry about that in the MCU because he's a Fantastic Four guy. So him and Namor will unfortunately not be seen because they're busy being ruined by. A, I think it's Fox. 
Yeah, when when your favorite hero is uh, Ghost Rider and your favorite villain is Doctor Doom, you get a little bitter. <laughs> Josh is angry. I can't disagree with him, but aw. Yeah, but I mean, second favorite hero, Doctor Strange. This was badass. I, I love the little bits of comedy. Uh, Wong in the movies is not Wong from the comic books, but I don't care. He was awesome. Wong was awesome in this. I mean, I the the deadpan stare. I didn't do him, Wong. <laughs> uh, I didn't say it. I didn't. I didn't. Say hey, it. I made the joke at the top of the show. I won't judge. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny with this. You, you for those of us that grew up with the the comics, or at least knew of the character through that sort of medium. When I first showed the trailer to my kids before the movie came out, they were like, huh? And they weren't very interested. But then we went and saw it afterwards. They've watched it repeatedly since I picked it up on Blu-ray. And uh, especially the Dor- the Dormammu scene. I mean, they love it. And so, you know, it, it, it crosses over that barrier between those who know the comics or read it enough to know the character and those who are coming into a brand new fresh and never heard of him before young and old. And I think a lot of that has to do with Cumbersnatch and uh, just the, the way they handled it. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we're going to get some Dr. Strange sequels. We've already seen a lot of the big, most important characters for Dr. Strange. We've seen the ancient one RIP. <laughs> we've seen Dormammu. We've seen Baron Mordo. Pretty much you get Clea and Rintra in there. And now mm-hmm. they can uh, actually do Rintra, who is like a green, uh, almost like a minotaur kind of guy. And he can actually look cool and not stupid. Nice. Well, and he's, uh, Strange is going to be in Infinity War. And then, of course, like I said, Ragnarok. So yep. we'll get more Strange very soon. And I think the movie did well enough that they'll, they'll, I'm sure, greenlight a sequel at some point if they just figure out what story they want to follow. Strange! Yeah. <laughs> Come back, Strange! If if hey, they yeah. could actually work together a Doctor Strange and... Um... Shane? No! Oh. <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Hunt for Red October? No! You knocked it out of my head. And, um... God, Josh, what's your other favorite character? Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Doctor Strange and Ghost Rider and do the whole, um, what was that uh, story arc? Oh, the Hulk. No, oh, you're talking about up, Midnight. <laughs> talking about Midnight Suns. Yes. If they could actually do Danny Ketch era uh, Ghost Rider, throw Johnny Blaze, get Morbius the Living Vampire. I, I don't even care if you don't have the Dark Holders in there because that uh, means you have to cast a new blade. For the Tomb of Dracula guys, but dude, that was a great series. That was what got me into comic books. Like honestly, Wait, I was it? no uh, the Midnight Suns. Uh, one of I owned some Iron Man comics and I owned some random stuff, but the first comic book that I decided to collect monthly was uh, Spirits of Vengeance, which was Ghost Rider and Johnny Blaze, and that was right as the Midnight Suns stuff started in the nineties. And the handling of Blaze's character in there is is awesome. Oh yeah, with the Hellfire shotgun. Yes. Oh, and shit. then Doctor Strange goes super dark and gets the black mask costume. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's like 
See, that's, that's the thing is that there's so many awesome things that they could do with it. I just really hope that I mean, if they if they branch off with just a whole Doctor Strange like thread, like Captain America almost, I would be totally happy with that. As soon as they can get Ghost Rider back and do it right, maybe a while. But the yeah. thing is, the thing is, like, I mean, as somebody who never even heard of him before this movie, you know, it's like he doesn't have a brand yet. They got to build that up because, uh, like, Captain America. You know, I mean, I, I, I'd heard that name before, and and you know, when they when they did made those movies, I knew what I was getting. But like, a lot of people probably didn't go see this because they didn't really know. You know anything about who Doctor Strange was? So now that he's actually got his own movie and he's getting, you know, going to be a little bit more popular and things like that, I think it's possible that they're well, going to branch out. You have all the people that watch the, um, I mean, anybody who watched uh, Sherlock is like, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch, he's in something. Let's go see that. You know, it's and that that's what drew them more than the name of Doctor Strange. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. We would be remiss in not addressing something that I don't want to get too deep into. Uh-oh. But there was a fair amount of controversy with the Ancient One. Yes. You um, know, okay, here's here's my thing about that. If you made it an Asian dude, they would have complained that you were stereotyping. If they had made it somebody else, they would have complained that it wasn't an Asian dude. You can't make them happy. Well, I mean, beyond that, you've also got the entire nest of worms that there is uh, with China being such a huge market and deciding to make a very powerful mentor character as a Tibetan. Uh, With the Ancient One, you have this crazy Gordian knot of wrong choices. So they tried to make the least wrong choice. And, uh, I mean, I I was not satisfied, but... they took, picked a direction and they stuck with it. And it, I think it was wise for them to uh, take the whole Ancient One thing and get it out of the way <clears> in the first film. Uh, the Ancient One will no longer be an issue. Right. And just move past it. It's like, we're going to get shit for this no matter how we handle it from somebody. And I, even though there's all that, there was all that ridiculousness about it, Tilda Swinson nailed it. I think she is, I mean, going from what she played in uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, when she was, oh God, who was she? Who was she in Lord of the Rings? I just lost it. Can't she, name. she was in Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I don't think she was in Lord of the Rings. I who, think you're confusing She was her. in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, okay, yes. that's, what that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, she was in the, uh, she was White Witch in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I'm sorry, I'm confused. Yes. Them. Probably her best role. Yeah, she was fantastic in that. I think they got that character, like you said, out of the way. It was done really well. You know, her character, I mean, Tilda Swinson, I think, is a fantastic actress. And she is. She is. And... I think she knocked it out of the park. She did a great job at it. And I think we should just be like, all right, cool. That's what she did. It's awesome. She's the ancient one. And now she's dead. Yeah, spoiler. Okay. It's been a year. (laughs) Joel hasn't said it, so I always complain about it. I figured I'd throw (laughs) it out there. I didn't think I wasn't going to say it. Um, But, you know, there's still going to, no matter what you do, there's still going to be somebody out there that's like, 
Stephen Strange should have been John Cena, you know, or something. Well, and I can't, I'm not going to lend my voice to telling someone who wants to see more Asian actors playing Asian parts that they're wrong. But the counterpoint to that is the original ancient one is a horrible stereotype of a Fu Manchu. So, I mean, it would have been problematic no matter which way they'd handled it. And that's the Could thing. Could have got Jerry Lewis to do it. Yeah, that would have been worse. I don't think get Jerry Lewis to do it is a solution to anything. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the muscular dystrophy telethon. Yeah, and then, okay, I'll give you that. Oh, he's still alive. Yep. <laughs> yep. I had to Google it. Barely. But it counts for now. So like Dr. Strange, we have addressed the controversy. We will let it die and we will move on. Exactly. It It didn't spoil it for you, Josh. So no, it didn't. It really didn't. Can I just, Uh, I I just want to toss in here that Mads Mikkelsen was fantastic in this movie. Yeah. And Caecilius is a weird character. Um, I, I almost think that he's most, effective as a smoke screen for the fact that Dormammu is kind of the real villain. Mm -hmm. Because originally uh, Caecilius is a bit player. He's like one of Mordo's disciples. He was like Mordo's errand boy. Yeah. Uh, Which transitions us to talking about Mordo. Holy crap. Chiwetel Ejiofor in the making of a supervillain. Yeah, and those who who had never seen it before, I mean, I don't know how many people actually saw it coming. That that's where it was headed. I kind of assumed it was where it was going when he, you know, wouldn't relent on the fact that, you know, she used dark arts. Well, and I, they make him a much more sympathetic character. I mean, Baron Mordo... Dude, if you're named that, you're pretty much destined to be a bad guy. Like Baron Zemo. Right. It's like if you if you name your daughter Sprinkles, she's going to grow up to be a stripper. Or a My Little Pony character. <laughs> or Misty Golden. She's going to pee on actually? people for money. I'm just saying, I know somebody named Misty Golden. And I bet you she pees on people for money. Not a lot of money. <laughs> Literally tens of dollars. <laughs> okay, so instead of just being the cackling black magic villain, we've got a Baron Mordo that kind of has a point. Uh, he was r- raised with these uh, beliefs, and bit by bit, uh, things chip at the foundation of what he believes in, and his only logical move <clears throat> left is to say, the problem is there's too many wizards. Mm-hmm. Look out, Harry. <laughs> You're a Harry wizard. Oh, I got that backwards. Sorry. So seeing Chiwetel Ejiofor as this kind of sidekick slash mentor buddy relationship and knowing that we're going to see his journey uh, slowly twist into being the next big bad, I, I thought it was handled very well. Exactly. And that's kind of what I was getting at, but in a very on getting that kind of way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's I, why we keep you on. 
And his motivation is just so much better in the films than it is in the comics. In the comics, basically, he was pissed because the Ancient One chose Strange instead of him. It's like, okay, yeah, you're the whiny, almost almost made it guy. And he got butt hurt. Yeah, so I, I like his motivation much better in the MCU. Overall, I liked this movie. But you saw it. Yeah, I was going to say I haven't even finished it yet. I, I liked it. Got a uh, 90 and 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. It did well, I mean, critic-wise, for sure. Yeah, it has this nice blend of amazing visuals of a sort you have never seen in the Marvel Universe. Um, you've got comedy, you've got action, a lot of weirdness. Uh, I think they nailed the transition of Stephen Strange from being this narcissistic, uh, thinks he's better than everyone else, master surgeon, to someone that loses it all and uh, rebuilds himself as Sorcerer Supreme. And there is a reference to the flugelphone. To the who to what? The flugelphone. Flugelhorn. Google flugelphone. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say it if he that song. Yeah. Oh, that that's all I got. That's Chuck Mangione. Yeah. Chuck Mangione, man. Yeah. That um, hat and that beard. And the flugelphone. That note. What the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> I think Chuck Mangione and um, Zamfir should do an album He's together. He's a fucking national treasure, man. <laughs> I thought you were going to suggest he play the ancient one. <laughs> <laughs> how do I? How do I transverse into this new dimension? <laughs> Stop playing that. You got to play B flat. <laughs> Uh, the set design on the Bleecker Street Mansion, aces. Yes. Like, it's hard to just, I mean, they hit every note I wanted them to hit for this. Uh, it's not my favorite Marvel movie, but it's probably top three. Well, it's easy to see that they have finally decided, you know, realized they they need to not only stick to the source material, but they need to improve on the source material. <clears throat> Not just abandon it and, you know, and do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, I mean, you're not a slave to the source material, but you have to make intelligent choices that say, okay, this is necessary to update this for a movie in 2017. I'm looking at you, Josh Trank. I mean, how many awesome comic books movies had to fail for them to learn this lesson? Right. I'm thinking of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which still hurts me. Green Lantern. Yeah. That was awful. Doctor Strange 78. Yeah, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I just I don't even know how they got so far off track with that one. Cuz I'm I'm even familiar with that as a that source material. Yeah, I mean it's what happens when you take one of the most the strongest female his characters in the history of comics and decide, you know what? That's a cool way to take it, but we're thinking vampire slut. <laughs> <laughs> Green lantern. 
I think we already said that. Did we? Or the first take on Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's, let, let's take one of the most, uh, the smarmiest, you know, and smartest and, and most sarcastic characters, and let's sew his mouth shut. <laughs> and I don't even want to mention Fantastic Four, every single version ever. How can did. how can they have such a run of terrible movies? That's what I don't understand with them. That's why I said I was looking at you, Josh Trank. Or Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. All right, we're getting kind of weird here now. Yeah, we, we've jumped track to DC. Well, just comic book movies in general. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there are a few Marvel films that don't 100% hit the mark. For my money, this wasn't one of them. This one nailed the bullseye. No, I agree with you. I think we we went to go see this in the theater, and it it was a good time was had by all. I'm yes. grateful we didn't go see it in 3D, because all of us would have been blowing chunks all over the place, especially with the whole folding of the universe thing, but... We had a great time with this one. Agreed. Same here. Exactly. (laughs) No. Go ahead, Josh. Tell tell me what (laughs) you think. So so we don't spend another half hour just gushing about how awesome Doctor Strange was. I, I think we're ready. It sounds like it's thumbs up all the way around for this and thumbs down all the way around for the original. Yeah, just gonna go mm-hmm. out on a limb there. I would agree with that, except for the porn stash. That's thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only in the seventies could a a perm and a porn stash be like, oh yeah, this guy's hot. Yeah, seventies yeah, porn stash and every incarnation of Wong ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they always get his character right. Yeah, he wore that polyester suit. Fantastic. So I think we are ready why would to. You, why would you just dump a random cat in somebody's house? <laughs> I can't. I couldn't get over that in the movie. I'm like, well, you must belong here. He throws him in, and I thought he was gonna like chase in after him and be like, "Is this your cat?" But he's just like, "Nope." All right, see ya. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> it's a so random catting. Before, <laughs> before Patrick stir- continues to uh, rant about the original. To the soothing sounds of Chuck Mangione, I will ask, what do we have on tap for next week, gentlemen? Next week, MST3K has just shown up on uh, Netflix. So we are going to watch that and tell you what we think. Yeah, we're going to check out the reboot. And uh, yeah, if you want to uh, give us your two cents about Doctor Strange, whether you want to talk about the comics, if you shared our pain and watched the 78 version, or there was something awesome we didn't cover for the original, you can give us a call. Let us know at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yes, and if you're looking for some of our older stuff, don't forget that we are on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and TalkShoe, and on that webpage that I talked about earlier in the show. Chuck Mancioni, I love you so much. The show ended weird. <laughs> Just like Doctor Strange. You, you know that he's like one of the featured characters on on King of the Hill. Yep. I love I the episode where he was living in the in the giant box store. <laughs> I suppose I should have said the show ended strange. 
Ah! Ah! Like what you did there. See you next week. Cut it off right before the, the good part. <laughs> because... <laughs> Am I doing it right? You are. You're no. totally doing Yeah, no, he's 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 good. Don't want to distract him. <laughs> uh, all right.